Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast that tells you everything you need to know about interiors and how to make it all really work for you in your own home. DFS has kindly sponsored this podcast. DFS has its very own design studio and offers exclusive ranges designed in collaboration with brands including French Connection, Jewels, House Beautiful and Country Living. So Kate, gorgeous to see you. It's just been the Easter holidays. We've all had a bit of time off. I've had a bit of a holly bobs, but you, Don't my say darling, has <laughs> that a vetoed word? You can't say You're, that word. I could say holly bobs if oh, you don't, don't, if don't, I want. No. That and veggies. <laughs> Veggies. Have you been eating your veggies while oh you've been my. on your holidays? It's bobs. all too cutesy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah all right, all right. I retract it. I retract it. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> you've been to Milan and I, I want to know all about it. So. Well, it was a very, very fleeting visit. I actually went for one job, so I wasn't there very long. However, it was quite exciting looking at other people had been there and the things I did see that finally it looks like some new stuff is coming through. So just to interject really quickly. So you weren't going to Milan to drink Negronis and eat pizza. You were there. Well, well maybe. Had the odd you one. were there for the big exhibition, the Milani Salone, where everybody in Europe's coming together. All the big interior brands, the furniture brands, the designers take over the whole city to showcase the new, so there's, the new I ranges. Think eight airport hangars full of interiors brands on the outskirts of the city. And then there's also in the middle of the city, it's called Fuori Salone. So it's that means outside the furniture fair. Every garden, every palazzo, every space is also taken over by installation and brands doing different things and setting up exhibitions. I mean, it's it's an incredible sight. It goes on for about four or five days. And I think I learnt when I was there earlier this year, it's responsible for 10% of the Italian GDP, which is extraordinary. 
And yeah, new colours coming through. Oh, go on, tell well, me. This is what I want to know. What's I've just been feeling... Are we over the pink thing yet? Well, no, we're not over the pink thing, which is great. Okay. I love, there's still lots of pale pink. It's not going anywhere. The terracotta, the earth tones, all those things which were beginning to come through last year, still coming through, still there, still lots of velvet. Don't worry about that. Oh, it's so we can all... hold on to our velvet sofas for another year. We can hold year. on to all of that. And those colours are all still lovely. But I think I mentioned a few episodes ago that there was beginning to be a look at that baby blue, very oh, pale yeah. blue. yeah, you headed that up well, last that, series. A lot more of that. And also mint was coming through and chocolate. Just think ice creams, you can't go oh wrong. Oh, my God. So, and mint Are you and sure chocolate. you just went in gelato parlours? Do you think I, I might, <laughs> Now I come to think about it. I might have been in the wrong place. Um, but no, it was interesting to see that... It feels like there's a bit of a change coming they through. They feel like quite fresh, modern colours. Really quite fresh. And also, I don't like it when it's too pastel. You put that together with pale pink, that doesn't work for me. Mm. But actually, mixing it with, you know, a deep, dark chocolate brown. Mm. And leather has gone sort of soft and buttery, which is also a really nice colour. So it felt, actually, that there was something fresh going on. We're going to talk about trends in more detail at the end of the month after Clark Episode and World Design five, I Week. I think we're going to do that. Aren't so we? we will see more of that. So we'll come back to that. That was just a little heads up. Now, while I was working my socks off in the ice cream parlours of Milan, I believe you've just been gadding about in Morocco. Yeah, we went on a family holiday to Morocco for a week and I cannot believe that I have never been. Usually when I'm on holiday, I put my phone away. I tend to not be on Instagram. I don't think about work. The whole point is escapism. But I was on Instagram every day wanting to share all this fabulous colour inspiration. You know, we went to Jardin de Marjorelle, which is that Yves Saint Laurent. It was like his holiday home. Well, that's the colour of your hall, isn't it? Effectively, that that kind of very rich rich blue. Yeah. So I definitely need to book in another trip, preferably with a girlfriend. And you do a bit of research, work out what you want to buy before you get there because it is Oh, that's a good tip. So have an idea what have of the colours you want list. or t- certainly the size. If you want a rug, presumably measure the space. Well, I was quite clever. So we had the lovely... Um... I've just sneezed. Excuse me. <laughs> you could have blamed that on the dog. Yeah, <laughs> I would have done. Squeak. I think she's just farted, actually. Um, I was... <laughs> well, that wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, what is she saying about you? I know, she's giving you right evils now, Kate. Um. I did have one sneaky plan to buy a runner for my hallway. That was one place I identified in the house where I'd really like a rug. And so I kind of in the back of my head said, should we fall into a rug shop? That I already had the dimensions of my landing that this rug would go into and had a very clear idea of what colour I wanted. So that would be my tip. Have a steer on the colour and the size. And then when we were in this rug shop, I said, I only want to see pink runners roughly four metres long and don't show me anything else. And a runner is actually small enough to roll up and put in your hand. I was going to say, so did you travel over with an empty suitcase? No, I didn't because it wasn't a shopping trip and I promised the boys it wasn't going to be a shopping trip. But I did buy 23 kilos worth of luggage and only take 18. So that five kilograms was just enough to get a rug home, yeah. That's also a very good tip then, because I've often wondered how it works when you ship stuff home. Otherwise, and how much it they're costs. all geared up for that. I mean, oh, are they? Oh, so it's yeah. not difficult. I mean, I asked the chap if he was to send it to us. He said it cost about thirty pounds to post a rug back to the UK. So if you're going to buy a seem massive bad, one, does it? And if your you're spending a hundred quid or something or two hundred quid on a rug, actually an extra yeah. thirty for ease of getting and it. And they back. are much, much cheaper over there than yes, they course. are being sold for 
over here. Yes. Right, enough of your holiday plans. Anyway, <laughs> we need to tell listeners what we're talking about today. So coming up, couple of new interiors shows on telly, which is very exciting because it's been a while, frankly. And then we're going to go and have a look at your kitchen where there's been some more changes. Nothing, Nothing stands ever still. stops still here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our regular design crime slot coming up at the end. But first of all, I wanted to explain why we're not at my house, which is where we were supposed to be. Um, and that's because my house is sometimes used as a location for photo shoots. And it's interesting because you, you know, all sorts of houses are used. If you're doing an interior shoot, then yes, you might need a really big space. But actually, this time, it's just my bathroom they're using. And it's a beauty company. So at the moment, your house is full of people you don't know. Yeah. Running around your house, models, makeup artists. Yeah. But that's not all of it. They came in and said, oh, we absolutely love this bathroom. It's perfect for our shoot. And I said, okay, that's fine. It's available on these days. And then they sent two painters over and they've repainted it. So what, they've got rid of, so your bathroom's quite... My bathroom's dark green. So now Uh, what colour is it now then, Kate? Well, I'm not sure if I can describe it in polite society. Is it grey? Well, it's a sort of... (laughs) brownie grey-ish kind of mud, yellow You're not mud colour. It's awful. But this is obviously a way to make your house pay, isn't it? Well it's it's a way, yeah, it's a sort of earner for the house. And the shoots vary. So we've had there was the other time when we had a fashion shoot for a Sunday magazine. And my husband was walking up the stairs and saw a pair of very long half-naked legs lying on our bed. Because there was a lingerie what? shoot going on. Oh, That my was hilarious. Goodness. He carried on very swiftly up to the top. <laughs> I bet he didn't did. come out. He was texting me from the top of the house going, can I come down for lunch now? <laughs> Is everybody dressed? I'd forgotten to tell him. Um, so, and we haven't really done interior shoots as such. It's been more product shots. My history as a photographic stylist is I've used loads of location houses over the years, but the ones that I tend to use because we're doing full decorating schemes is houses that are empty. So unbelievably, there are all these houses, they do tend to be centralised in London, these Mm. type of location houses, that are completely empty, devoid of furniture, just painted white. And companies like the magazines or the big retail brands or the big furniture brands go in, completely decorate the space, lay carpet, wallpaper, the whole lot, hang curtains, bring truckloads of furniture, photograph it, and then 72 hours later, it's all painted white again. And I know the larger houses do... Oh, Oh, Lucy. Squirrel off. See him off. See him off. Like she's going to get it. This podcast was mildly interrupted by a miniature bull terrier chasing a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the larger houses tend to probably do really well because you don't just need the product in the shot, you need all the crew and everything else. And I know that there are lots and lots of websites that you can use to list your property, be it in London or all around the country, actually. They want country houses, they want log cabins, they want grand stately homes, they want narrow boats, you know, it's well, that, sort of any the, type of house the could huge be used as a location house. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be something that's used on screen. So I watched a programme recently called The Bodyguard. There's some ex-council flats in North uh, London, which me and a girlfriend moved into when we just graduated. It was my well, really good girlfriend's, it was her council flat and I lived there with her. 
And there I am 20 years later watching Bodyguard. And I'm like, oh my God, that's our block of flats. <laughs> yeah. And I rang my friend and I said, gosh, our flats have been on telly. She goes, not only that, but, um, oh, what's his name? Richard oh, Madden, I think. Richard Madden, the star, used our old flat, which she still lives in, as his dressing room. So she moved out in the day and then And he crew... moved in. And I know there are all sorts of different requirements. You know, it's not necessarily about having a really big house. When I registered mine with the location agency, mine's on with JJ Locations, and I have, anybody who's seen the blog or the Instagram will know that my there's a step down into the library or the back half of my sitting room. And apparently they get loads of requests for that because it makes it easier to position the cameras and have the crew slightly lower than the room they're filming or something. I mean, I didn't completely understand the logistics, but there are all sorts of things you wouldn't imagine that come up that they're looking for. So they might want a room with a round, you've got a round window in the mm. corner. They might suddenly want a room with a round window just for one shot. Think they might want a house with an electric blue hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon they're looking for something like that? It might be quite niche, but... <laughs> so if you want to consider having your house listed as a location in order to earn some money, what's your tips then to go about getting your house listed? Well, I think you can just approach some of the agencies. There are lots online. of them. Yeah, there's First Option, there's uh, light the Shoot locations. Factory, Light Locations, JJ Locations. So have a look at what they've got. They all have properties nationwide and they all have all different sorts of properties. And then there's various ways. Either you take the pictures yourself or they'll come and take them for you and they will manage it. So they will take a commission. And then basically it's just about fielding the requests and choosing what is convenient. It's much more tiring and disruptive than you think it will be, but it, it can be quite fun. It's quite an interesting way to do it. And you get, might get to see your home on the telly. Yes. Well, <laughs> our home was in a was in a video, pop video. Was it? Who's yes. Pop video was that She's then? called May Muller, M-A-E, and you can see her. It's a, it's a breakup song. So she's uh, breaking up with her boyfriend lying on our sofa oh in our God, sitting room. Oh, my God, we've got to room. put the link to that on our blogs in the show notes. We should do, yeah. yeah it's we'll quite a good song, that. actually. It was in my head for ages. I quite enjoyed that. And then there was a bit where she had to row with him and use lots of swearing, and they were doing it in our bedroom, and she had to slam the bedroom door. And eventually there were so many takes, I had to pop round to the neighbours and say, by the way, <laughs> that's not, not me about to divorce my husband. <laughs> <laughs> this is a film crew going on. But that's that's just one way, isn't it? I mean, you were telling well, no, me you've got I, another plan. Well, so, Hello, you know, Lucy. as you know, we're renovating and doing up our house, and it is the bottomless pit. It's just so, any, it's, for anybody who's doing up their house, we really, really feel the pain. It is so expensive. And especially when you keep finding little hidden things, like we found the rising damp, didn't we, before Christmas. So now we've just about got it to a point where we think we could consider doing it as a holiday rental. So this oh, idea is, is, is if we're away on a week's holiday, then we could rent our house out for a week and depending on the type of holiday we choose to take, well, it would pay for our flights. It might even pay for the whole holiday. Well, and you you've go. also, presumably because your mother is effectively on site in the annex, she mm. could let people in. Because yeah. that's you've got to have that kind of aspect, haven't you, of working out what time are the, the guests logistics. arriving and who's going to give them clean towels and things. That's the thing I would recommend looking into is, yes, if you've got your mum next door, a really useful neighbour yeah. or someone you know, or you can get a professional housekeeping team in to do those changeovers. 
which includes linen hire, which is yeah. a really good idea. So you're not using your own sheets and oh, towels. That is good. You're using yeah. hotel grade sheets and towels. Yeah, which they, they get, then take away and wash and replace. They get take away, yeah. And they are also available 24 hours around the clock. So if you are away and... Something happens. And yeah. something happens, then they know your house and they've got yeah. your contacts for the boiler man or whatever. Yeah. But also you can do it on a sort of temporary basis as well, can't you? So I live in North London, um, not far from Alexandra Palace, and there are loads of gigs there. And a friend of mine just uses Airbnb for one bedroom with a bathroom next to it. And she gets loads of people who rent it because they want to come and stay for one night. They go to a gig up at Ali Pali and then they leave the next day. So she has a fairly sort of constant turnover of people just coming for that. And sometimes she throws in an yeah, evening meal you, and sometimes she you've doesn't. You've got to identify what your house would offer somebody. Yeah. As you might be close to an airport, that could be yeah. another reason. I mean, the Airbnb currently have 2.9 million houses hosts on their site which That's is just extraordinary. extraordinary isn't it and 14,000 new hosts every month so every this, month this is very much a trend along with all the other sites like home and away and TripAdvisor but really selling that kind of travel like a local you know, that's their tagline. But it does mean you've got to work quite hard to make your place stand out, hasn't yeah. it? So, And I would say what you've got to do now is make sure you've got a bit of an Instagram corner um, <laughs> because people are always Instagramming where they've been to stay. And actually, on the train down here this morning with Kate, our lovely producer, she was showing me a place she went to stay over the Easter holidays. Did you looked- Airbnb then, Kate, this Easter? Uh, it was, yeah, yeah. And it was very lovely in Kent, I think. And the reason that one stands out, well, not least because of the very large taxidermy polar bear that was in the bathroom. Um, But, you know, it's a good Instagram (laughs) point. (laughs) So I think you need in, the point I would make is, yes, if you can rent out your home, it's great, but you would stand out above the competition if you've got a little of something that might appeal to the Instagram user on there. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think if, you, if you're if you someone who loves interior design, you're design savvy, you've got a cool home, then you'll probably do quite well on Airbnb yeah, and on these sites. So it's actually perfect. Yeah. So in just a moment, we'll be catching up on the latest changes to Sophie's house in her kitchen in particular, and of course, bringing you the design crimes. But before that, we wanted to take a moment to let you know about the guest coming up on the next episode. Yeah, our exciting guest slot. So last time we took our trip to Trini Woodall's Insta-famous bathroom. And next episode, we've got a real treat for you. We're off to chat to Pearl Lowe in her stunning Somerset country house. Now, Pearl has got the ultimate kind of country rock and roll retreat. Married to uh, Danny Goffey, who's the drummer of Supergrass. They are so uber cool. And her sort of sense of style absolutely exudes every corner of her house. I mean, we our jaw was literally on the floor everywhere we turned. There's wallpaper, there's vintage. Um, she's really into trips to Morocco, so there's lots of spoils and there. And she knows her stuff as well, doesn't mm. she, how to get her look. And she's she was really kind enough to tell us a little she bit about her shopping so tips. so generous. Yeah. You know, so many interior designers clutch their little oh, black yes. book to their chest and they won't <laughs> tell you anything. But she was so open. Yeah. And 
honest. You know, how she argues with her husband over, <laughs> really, that wallpaper? I'm not sure I can live with it. So yeah, lots of insightful interior design tips and some funny anecdotes as well. So make sure you look out for that. And we've got lots more exciting names lined up, actually. But do let us know if there's someone in particular you would like us to try and track down and get into their houses to share with you. Um, and of course, if you have any other questions or suggestions for us, then let us know. Instagram usually works best where I'm mad about the house and she's Sophie Robinson Interiors. So exciting stuff over on TV. We're seeing interiors return to our TV sets, which... Finally. Oh, finally <laughs> getting rid of some of those wretched cookery shows. So there's a, there's a couple, there's a bit of a trend emerging. So we've got Sarah Beanie's new show, which launched in March, Renovate, Don't Relocate, which I think still falls into the property bracket which is very much her genre, isn't it? Yeah. But rather than, you know, making your house pay, but in a different way, as yeah. in doing it up and selling it. And obviously we're not really doing that right now in the current climate. Everybody's staying put, aren't they? So Don't this, move improve. <laughs> don't move improve. So she's very much using that general trend to formulate this programme and, and looking at people's existing spaces and looking at knocking walls down, extending. I think I read a, I read a statistic. Of course I did. <laughs> Stat queen. Stat queen. That seven out of 10 people are unhappy with their own home. Well, um, on literally on how it's working. For well, them. exactly. And I think that's what Sarah's jumped off is this idea that, you know, it's not actually perhaps that your house isn't big enough. It's that you're not using the space. So what Sarah's done, which is really interesting, is install hidden cameras in the home she's filming to see how people actually use the space and see then how much of the space they're using and when they're using it. So she can track then whether there's a log jam in the kitchen at six o'clock in the morning, but another room's completely empty or whether one room is hardly ever used. So that's quite interesting because I think we could all do with using our space more efficiently, making rooms multitask. So once she's tracked your activity through the house and how you're using the space, is she then takes them to her studio where she projects a sort of flat plan of the floor. A flat so plan literally, of the floor plan. you know, as an architect or yourself would plan it out and sketch it on a piece of paper, she's yeah. projecting that life, life size. Onto the a on, white floor yes, studio. So that you can see the outlines, you can see the walls, you get to see the space without any furniture in it and have a sense of how the rooms flow. Because when I'm looking at a space and helping a client, I often find looking at a floor plan the a really good way to start because I can then visualise from a, a 2D diagram where it might be sensible to take a wall down or put a door in. So she's taken that one step further by giving you a life-size floor plan well, for you to look at. I tell you what, this new BBC Two show... It's gone one step further. <laughs> oh it's actually God, gone it's, about 15 steps totally, further. I mean, you know... And it's called Your Home Made Perfect. Your Home Made Perfect. On BBC Two. Yeah. And their big selling point, which before I saw the show I was very sceptical about, is they use virtual reality to help people visualize the space so the premise of the show for anybody who hasn't watched it yet is they're taking a family who need their home remodeled for whatever reason their house 
isn't working for them on a practical level. Usually space feels too tight and they feel that they need to extend. And the show brings in two architects who've got quite different styles and approaches to architecture. So that's really interesting. One, I think it felt to me was, one was very architect and in the pure form. And that's the other Robert, one, isn't it? Robert, and the other one had was more of a sort of interior design plus architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two really, really different architects. Yeah. Then does redesign the house to the client's brief and then the clients get shown that design through the most incredible latest virtual reality. Well, they, what's really clever is that they can put in a window and then show you how the light changes during yeah, the day yeah. so you really get a sense of what adding an extra window might bring to a space and the point of the show is then that the couple choose which of the two designs which have both come in on budget they want to build so that's really interesting the, the, they had 55,000 pounds in an extension which is a lot of money but when you get architects involved it's yeah. modest and what interested me is Laura who is the designer who also calls herself a kind of interior designer and architect yeah. never talked about the budget being a problem she never once mentioned oh you've only got a small budget Whereas I don't Robert think she extended either did she no. though so my whole thing was I was really impressed what she did because she identified that the budget in her view wasn't big enough to do any big architectural extension yeah. and actually she would remodel what they already had and invest in lots of storage which I thought was really funny and actually they the program even posed the question is storage architecture question mark she moved internal walls mm -hmm. didn't she and she flipped the kitchen from one side of the house to the other which meant that it got more light Put so it was a better place to in. be so the, it wasn't that she wasn't spending the money but she spent it in a very different way yeah which was less sexy than Robert design so Robert's design was really ooh lots of jaunty angles little triangular rooms big big windows it was different very levels. impressive was very clever and I was just looking at it going no way are you going to do that for 55,000 yes that it, it's interesting I looked at that and thought I that's thought going the joinery to be and the carpentry alone is 55,000 yes. before you've even extended yes. anything although I will make the point in that one I think that house was in Scotland so there's there's not London prices there. Well, I think in order to get his design, you'd have to make significant compromises. Yes, possibly. That's but why I think it's such a brilliant programme because, you know, I watched it with my mum and yeah. my son, who's seven, all three of us. Were, were you all shouting at the telly? loving at it. Oh, yeah. I was being really critical of one of the yeah. architect's designs. My son was getting really upset with me going, Mummy, you're being so unkind. It's their house. And I was <laughs> like, yes, but they've got that bit wrong. And I think it, that's what makes it such a brilliant TV show is it brings design and architecture to life. There's loads of jeopardy. Which design are they going to choose? Yeah. Is it going to come in budget? Are they going to have enough storage is basically what I wanted to know. But what was so interesting, I thought, was it's very, very difficult, as I said, to visualise what your sitting room might look like if there was a door in that wall or if that wall didn't exist. So this idea of having a projection 
of being able to see, well, imagine actually if we freed up that wall and hung lots of pictures on it, it might look like that. It was so interesting. I've always been a little anti all this VR technology because I feel it can give people a very set idea what something's going to look like and it might not actually look as computer perfect as it does. And I would Mm. say for any of you tuning in and watching the show, I've only seen one. And for me, the virtual reality was better than the reality. And I think that's the danger. When they looked around, the VR representation of what the house was going to look like was slicker. It had nicer finishes, mural walls. You I don't see, know. I didn't think that. And then I, I really found the reveal disappointing. The, I didn't. I loved the reveal. But I've spoken to uh, Cyan Astley, who... Oh, is she, a, works, she works. She's the project shows. manager. She's on Instagram as Make It Morgeous, um, which is more than gorgeous. And <laughs> her company's called Morgeous Design. And she's told me that there are 16 episodes coming out oh, over the rest yes. of the year. So there's loads to get our teeth into. And she said the last one, which I think will be quite interesting for a lot of us living in cities anyway, which is what to do if you live in a really skinny terraced house which I do. So that's really interesting because you can't, clearly you can't move sideways. You can only go backwards if you want to extend. And those houses tend to often be quite dark, particularly in the middle, because they're long and thin. So that's quite interesting. And I think she said they were called Luke and Mimi and they live in Grantham. Yes, so we need to look out for them. Luke and Mimi's skinny terrace remodel. Yes, and something to do with them having a fondness for gothic looks. Oh, amazing. And I think Robert, the architect, might have trouble with that. Yeah, yeah. He said at one point, I think, um, when they were talking about storage on the show, he said he's a Buddhist and people need to let go of their attachment to things. It's like typical dictatorial architect, isn't it? Sorry, I'm not giving you any cupboards because you just shouldn't have any stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's a brilliant show. I actually can't wait to see more of them. Right, come on then, Sophie, enough of that. Let's see the kitchen, because I'm sure it's changed completely since I was last here. Yeah, we have been busy, we have been busy. We finally, finally got the flooring laid. I love that old floor. I Those know you did. I bricks. think of you often. When I was choosing floors, Do I was thinking, yeah, but what would Kate think? Oh, Because Kate's lovely. in love with my original brick floor. I, oh, and this looks amazing well, as I, we come in. So I've it's it. still brick. Is it brick? Well, no, these are these are reclaimed terracotta tiles. And oh, lovely. Obviously, the brick floor was terracotta clay and it went really nicely with the green units and the Oroco worktops. That sort of redness yeah. worked really well. But we did have to lose the original floor in order to have our underfloor heating. So they had to go. My husband did the knee jerk of, well, let's just put some slate down. <gasps> I know. And I was like, no, it'll be too dark. It's grey. It's got absolutely nothing to do with this house. It's a country house in Sussex. It's tile hung. So we've already got terracotta tiles on the outside of the house. So I oh, like yes, that. So that's link. a nice kind of link. I think yeah. that's the thing you have to think about. So I really wanted to go for terracotta tiles. But my husband, Tom, just has that knee jerk Portugal villa. That well, he's just got that connotation. It can be a bit orange terracotta, whereas I suppose because these are reclaimed, they're actually, there's a couple of orangey ones, but there's some greyish ones, there's some pinkish ones. I mean, actually, there's all sorts of different colours in there. Yeah, and I and think... And they're fashionable hexagons. Yes! But you say they're old. So they're, Interesting. So they're over 100 years old. Wow. Um, and I did like the fact that they were hexagon, because like you say, that's quite a modern shape. And I've got a modern country kitchen, so I like the mix of it being a bit heritage, but also 
also modern tea. And underfloor heating is just the dream. I don't have any and I wish I did because particularly if your kitchen isn't very big and you don't have underfloor heating, you're losing a whole load of wall by putting a radiator on. And here's your oh, Marlowe, ma'am. <laughs> can I be on the podcast? Do you want to come and say hello? Hello. What are you after? I'm sorry to disturb you. <laughs> I was just thinking of what I was doing and was not looking to see if there was anyone in there because a minute ago you were down, we were down the other house. end and now we're at this end of the house. We're talking about the floor now. I'll go and leave you. All right, lovely. Okay. Thanks, Mum. See, that's the beauty of when your mum live next door. Yeah, there you never go. know when she's going to pop in. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. So, yes, we've used a overlay, because uh, I get asked this a lot, an overlay underfloor heating system. So it is water-fed. The electric matting is great for bathrooms and small rooms, but it's not very energy it's efficient. It's expensive to run, isn't it? Really expensive yeah. to run. So this is an overlay system. So you don't have to do it in a new build or an extension. It can retrofit. So you put it over the top of the existing you put it floor. Over the top of the but existing you took floor. the bricks up then just because no. there's a height thing. No. You went over the top of the bricks. Yeah. yeah. So you have to factor in a bit of extra height. So we've presumably. lost we've lost like an inch of our of the oh, height of our room. Oh, that's not bad. That's not much, actually. Yeah. In so fact, it might not floor. even be as much as that. I think it's like a centimetre and a half or something. So I could put that in my kitchen. You could. So I've got floorboards, which a suspended floor, which makes it very tricky to put mm. under floor heating because obviously there's just air underneath my floorboards mm. and joists. So I could lay that over my floorboards and then put another floor on top. on top. So, yeah, so new floor. Uh, what else is new in here? Oh, the, the last thing is, is just to bring the wallpaper all the way around the room now. I've put the floor down. So wallpaper in kitchens, can you wipe it down? Yeah, so I've got heavily patterned wallpaper and it's quite dark. So actually that hides a multitude of sins already. So oh, if yes, you do plan. You do get a little splattering of something up the wall. You're not really going to see it. Or the other yeah. thing I do with this is just put a decorator's varnish on top of the wallpaper to seal it and make it wipeable. And you literally would just paint that on. Just a roller. So you're, what you're saying is have the colours and patterns that you want, but pick the, the right texture, finish. the right finish, yeah. so that it can work for that. And room. your cooking areas and your wet areas, I think, is where you want to have tiles. a few yeah. tiles. Yeah. yeah, interesting. That's also actually another trend that's coming through, which I, I heard again from Milan, that your kitchen shouldn't necessarily look like a kitchen it should look like a room in the house in which you happen to cook and eat yeah. and wash up so it's much less fitted it's more open shelves with nice things on the shelf or you know the sort of practical stuff might be hidden away and then but cleverly I, I've got a little cleverly pantry. she says I like how cleverly. she says I've been very clever well no in all credit it was like this when I bought the house I didn't design oh, okay. it this way but there's a little pantry around the back that's where I've got the bread maker the Vitamix. Yeah, you're very lucky to have that space. So but all those ugly worktop appliances that we kind go. of want handy, it's a bit of annoyance if they have to go into a cupboard, but they're out of the main site of but the kitchen. But what's interesting, mm. I think, is that my instinct, had I bought this house would be and to seen that, that would have been to yeah. knock that wall down and make a bigger Did kitchen. think about that. And actually, it's much better having a slightly smaller mm. kitchen with all the gubbins hidden away. Yeah. So, because I think people often walk into spaces and think, well, you know, the room's got to be smaller. bigger. Knock down the walls and, and, you know, bring more light in. And there is, you know, often a place for that, but it can sometimes turn out to be quite a good thing. 
I feel like I got off that really lightly. You didn't find any design crimes in my kitchen, did you? Talking of which, have we got any? <laughs> I sort of nodded off there. Give me a second, I'll come up with one. Well, have we got any? Have we, we got have any this got week? one in the meantime. I was going to say a reader, clearly I mean a listener who's got in touch. This is from Michelle Moffat. And she said, I'm just getting in touch with the design crime. I'm about to move into a new house and getting a little obsessed with the huge variety of gorgeous wallpapers available nowadays, talking of which. So many to choose from. However, I think that wallpaper, which is trying to look like a different material, is a design crime. E.g. wallpaper that's meant to look like a faux brick wall or faux wood panelling or faux tiling. I think it looks like you couldn't afford the actual material. <gasps> I, I'm a, I... Oh, I stuck to I, words. I, oh, I, I, I am. Because... I think I'm going to say it depends on the surface because I will admit I have looked at wallpaper that looks like wood panelling and thought, oh, that's quite fun. And there's a company called Mineheart who do a wallpaper which looks like it's a velvet Chesterfield sofa. Oh, like so button back, like kind a button back. So, and I, I feel that that's quite tactile. That's and quite tromploy like, isn't it? It is, and I quite like that. But maybe I like that because you wouldn't actually have a button back velvet wall. I mean, I have to would say, would one not? Would one? Well, one word. One might think about it actually. Um, I'm with Michelle on the wallpaper that looks like fake wood and brick and brick. Those are I'm, the two, yeah, aren't they? I have to say, I'm with her on that. Thing about brick, raw brick in a property, is the texture and the ruggedness and the roughness and the rawness. Yeah. And you don't get that on a smooth wall. So it's contradicting itself. It's offering itself up to be one thing. I also then... think you've got to think very closely about the house you live in. You know, sometimes you might really love the idea of having a, a false brick wall. But if you live in a very modern house that wasn't built out of bricks, right. then it somehow looks incongruous. A lot of people have property that doesn't have a lot of architectural interest yeah and there's a lot of you know what can I do with this very plain box room it doesn't have cornicing it doesn't have sash windows it's just a boxy square and trying to get some texture and interest in there and I think that's where some of these faux wallpapers have been favored you can do them on one wall as well which people have historically I know she shudders but that's historically been a trend that people have embraced so one wall of wood paneling and it's loads cheaper than going out and buying lots of reclaimed wood and sanding it and nailing it and getting it fitted to your wall. But I'm coming so a lot down, of it is I'm, a budget uh, thing, isn't it? But why Why would you even in real life nail the whole load of wood to your wall if you don't live in a log cabin? <laughs> I think it's the idea that it can be incongruous. And, you know, we're looking at your beautiful wallpaper, which has got a pattern on it. Yours is flowers. You can also get abstract designs. There's a million paint colours. You can paint half the wall. You can paint a triangle of wall. You can paint a mural of geometric shapes on your wall, somehow all that would fit in a house that doesn't have period features, for me, better than trying to make your house look like it's a log cabin in the middle of the Swiss Alps or that it's a brick house. I think it can be more subtle than that, though. I don't think people are trying to, like, create a a film set within their home. I think with these faux finishes like 
the wood and the brick. It's just to give a subtle bit of texture, especially if you're into that quite stripped back, neutral Scandi vibe. You don't want the florals or the geometrics or the very out there maximalist prints. You just want a little bit of subtle texture in the background. I think that's why people have used them. I think the problem is, is they photograph well and look great on Instagram and shoots, but when you're actually in the room, something doesn't I feel quite like it's feel disappointing. Right. I feel like you would go, it's the opposite. You know, you would go up to that wall and think, oh, that's going to be some lovely rough brick and then it's actually smooth paper and you get the opposite effect actually if you go to a house where they've covered the wall in material and you go up expecting it oh, to yes, be painted and then it feels like material it? see i would do that yeah but that's expensive well, you can buy it, that you can buy that there must be clever people with glue guns who can do it i mean i can't do it clearly but <laughs> you know putting some material on the wall mm. also feels like something different and a different way to add texture I do, it's the fake wood and the fake brick. I'm kind of all right with you're, the others. You're condemning it, aren't you? In it goes. It's gone in, in my it goes design. Into room crime. 101. Yeah, you're not putting it in yours. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, no, I, I am putting it in there. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you're jumping on the lid. <laughs> I, really, I am. I'm actually, I've put it in the design crime bin and I'm sitting on the lid so it can't get out. If you live in a house with no original features, and you want to do something more interesting, do it with paint, do it with wallpaper, do it with material. It doesn't have to be silk. You can do it with a bit of linen. You can do it with a bit of cotton. But just don't... Uh, no, sorry. It's a design crime for me. So when we come and see your house next time, you're going to have a nice... I'm going to have it everywhere, <laughs> Kay. I'm going to have it everywhere. In fact, <laughs> I'm, wood I'm on wallpapers direct now, ordering it. Really up by looking forward to that. I can't wait. <laughs> Right, where you gonna, are we What now? have we been talking about? Are you going to give us a little summary? Yes, yeah, so, oh my gosh, this has been an action-packed episode, hasn't it? So we started off by discussing how we can make our houses earn us a bit of money. And I think the take-home thing here is if you've got quite a large and spacious home, then it can be very lucrative renting out for photo shoots or TV shows. If you've got a house that's more cute, quirky and interesting, consider renting it out on Airbnb. Then we uh, talked about the latest trends in TV shows and we urge you to go watch Make Your oh, Home it's Perfect. It's so good. Get involved. Let us know what you think. Is Robert all mouth and no trousers? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Can he keep it in budget? Mm, I'm not so sure. And then finally on to my kitchen makeover. I think one of the big things that we unearthed here is don't always jump at knocking down all those walls in your kitchen to make it bigger. Sometimes it's good to have a little pantry, a little utility room where you can go and hide all those unsightlies. And with that, all that information will, of course, be on our blogs, sophierobinson.co.uk and madaboutthehouse.com. And we're actually now halfway through the third series. So if you haven't yet been onto the podcast to rate, review and subscribe, and this was Sophie's line, you were going to say that because it's the massaging ego bit. You do that. So you I'll, do it. Go I on. Bloody do it. I don't want to do it. Go and do it. Right. Okay, come on, people, because Kate can't do this. I'm going to urge you to rate, review, and subscribe, and generally massage our <laughs> egos. Tell us we're fabulous. Tell us we're gorgeous. Tell us you love us. Look, the girl's cringing. I can't see. Oh it. my gosh, she's literally on the floor dying. Um, just tell us that we are essentially what you've been waiting for. We're podcast gold. <laughs> 
obviously I can't ask for that, but I will say that we do read all that feedback and, and it does help other people to find the podcast. So please do. And finally, thanks so much to our fabulous sponsors, DFS. And thanks to our producer, Kate Taylor. And a huge thanks to you, as always, for listening. And we'll see you in the great indoors. <laughs> you came for a lie down now. <laughs> I feel a bit weak. What with that and the faux break wallpaper? <laughs> <laughs>